Hello everybody, after a week's hiatus, we're back with the Jimmy and Redders NRL podcast. Without any further ado, good evening Jimmy Newburn, and haven't we got some stuff to talk about my friend? Good evening David, I think it's um, about half an hour all about um, Tommy Trebovich, isn't it? That's normally how we, how we go with things. You've got to be kidding. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about Tommy Turbo for half an hour. We are going to talk about an extraordinary magic round at Lang Park in Brisbane. So quickly everybody... The results. I know. I know. I want to listen to very much to what Jimmy's got to say. I'm sure he's got some opinions about what went on over the weekend. The scores, um, of course, no Thursday night football. The West Tigers 36 over Newcastle 18. Good win for the Tigers there. The Knights were poor. Jimmy will be very happy to talk about this for 15 minutes. But James, you get 90 seconds. Uh, Manly 50, Brisbane six. Canberra defeated. Uh, the Bulldogs 2018. Now, that mightn't seem like a very good win, except Canberra had 12 men. Just probably he got sent off for a high shot. The Rabbitohs were average against the Sharks and won 32-22. The Roosters were just as average against the Cowboys, pretty much in second gear, in a lacklustre game, won 30-16. The Eels keep on trucking on 34-18 over the Warriors. I watched quite a bit of this next game. The Melbourne Storm 44, the Dragons had in. And in fact, in the first half, the Dragons actually played some decent footy. And then again with 12 men, the Panthers absolutely destroyed the Titans 48-12. And of course, in that Melbourne St. George game, St. George were down to 12 men as well. Jimmy, uh, quickly over the result. No, no, I won't. First of all, the thing that's on everybody's mind, um, including our our, our, our friends, uh, the Juice, Dave Radley, Warwick Jackson, some of our listeners. What do you make of what went on with the crackdown on high shots? Jimmy, over to you, please. Oh, probably, I can see where the NRL's coming from. They're trying to do, I guess they're trying to future-proof themselves by, from lawsuits and, and whatever else. To, at least if players, it is a contact sport, if players then down the track get their, get their issues on surly onset dementia and all that sort of stuff, at least the NRL can come back and go, look, here's the date where we started. We usually, we recognised, identified, recognised, we've tried to, tried to pull it up from that date forward. Um, that's probably, I guess, they're going to just find the happy medium. They've got to protect the head, but at the same time, we've got to understand that it's that accidental contact can happen. Um, I'm all for the send-off, for the absolute swinging arms, they get them flush on the jaw and, and things like that. And a couple of the send-offs on the weekend, no, no issues with them whatsoever. But the sin bin for the for the for the accidental ones or the, the ones that did, I wouldn't say. Like, I think they, the words the refs used were forceful, direct to the head. But some of them, probably a couple of them, probably. Probably unlucky for the players' part, but um, yeah, so they've just got to find that happy medium. I think you still need to have that combat side of things, but but I think it probably went a little bit too far. But I guess in saying that, it's probably because it's the first time we've actually seen it, seen that crackdown on, and a little bit more notice as as the coaches and players, a little bit more notice for them to adjust and to get used to it. But I guess you can't in the end, you can't hit anyone in the head. <laughs> Full stop. It's, it's it's just that the penalties are a bit more severe. Um, I think the gap between the top sides and the bottom sides are probably that big. It's one of the bottom sides, as we saw a couple of times, get, get a player sent off. The it's gap's a, big enough at 13 on 13, let alone 13 on 12, 13 on 11 at I, times. I was saying on Facebook when I was watching some games, it, it, fancy playing Melbourne with 13 and then playing them with yeah. 12, and then a couple of my friends came on after that because I didn't watch the late game, saying the same things happened with Penrith and the, and the Gold Coast Titans. SASA had yeah. a brain SASA. explosion. Jimmy, he, he raced out of the line. That was probably the worst of a lot of them. Oh, it was. Oh, it was a bra- absolute brain explosion. Jimmy, I rem- and I want to tell a little story here. I remember being on a, uh, on holidays with my wife 
in Thailand watching the British Lions tour of New Zealand when Sonny Bill went in with a, a shoulder charge and it completely changed that whole tour. And the British Lions drew that tour one all. And rugby's been cracking down on, has had severe rules on this for a few years now. Do you think that, and the, the reason I give that analogy, do you think that rugby league's been a bit behind the eight ball, given where the Australian Football League and world rugby, and I do mean world rugby, has gone with addressing high shots? Um, well, they probably are a little bit. Um, the rugby players now just accept it. They know, they know someone's in my lap. They're pretty well know that they're going to the sin bin straight away. Um, that's probably happened for, for quite a few years now. Um, I guess one thing that the rugby rugby brought in, they identified, they identified the teams don't want to be playing a player short all game. They're actually allowed to replace the player after 20 minutes, I think, that's been red carded, and whether that's something that they can potentially look at as a bit of a happy medium. Um, yeah. It's going to play short, but at least it doesn't impact the entire game. Um, if someone does that in the first sort of first half, especially, um, yeah, I think it says it's just, it's just it's the first week that it's actually been cracked down. And I think it's something that everyone is just going to have to adjust to. Peter Volandis doesn't seem like a bloke that's going to backtrack anytime soon. No, not when you watch his interview with Gus Gould. The two of them are both hard heads and alpha ones, and probably got have egos the size of Sydney heads. But the, he doesn't back down. Um, I know that. The chief rugby league writer of the City Morning Herald, Andrew Webster, is not a fan of either Peter Volandis or Andrew Abdo. Um, and he begrudgingly gave them credit for what happened on the weekend. But, yeah, it's it was a very interesting thing. It happened particularly choosing that weekend where everybody was playing up the same ground. And the focus, you would have thought, would have been on the football. Well, the focus wasn't on the football. The focus was on a very small part of football and you know, allegedly cleaning up the game. It, it was a very interesting time to do it. And I do agree with the coaches. I would have loved them to have said, right, we're in the early middle of February or in early February. This is how it's going to be. And train them and drill them. And then everybody knows. But to do it sort of a few rounds in seems a little bit incongruous to me. However, they've at least done something, James. Yeah, that's right. That's probably looking at they're looking. 10, 20, 30 years down the track from the yep. players or the NFL had the, the issue obviously with the, the lawsuits. I think it was a billion dollar plus lawsuit um, which obviously the NRL certainly can't afford that much but um, yeah, they, they don't want, well they're obviously, they, they, they want to protect the player as well but they also want to protect the business and, and whatnot and, and they don't want to be liable down the track at least, as I said, they can at least say look, we, we've identified it, we, we accept it, we're going, to, um, we're going to try and do something about it, try and minimise the risk. You're never going to take the risk out of it. There's always going to be a risk, but they've got to minimise it and to try and help, help protect the players. Just, you know, everyone wants to see big hits. You don't want to see players knock motionless on the ground like Pappenhausen didn't move for a few seconds when he got knocked out. He was smashed. He was yeah. absolutely pogoed. It was a, that was a roundhouse right, and he was in a bad way. I, I mean, there was concern... Uh, for him, Jimmy, that he'd done a neck injury, which is, tr- you know, awful. We've seen what happened to Alex McKinnon and uh, and so forth. So, yeah, no, that was bad. And uh, from my perspective, the three send-offs, I actually think they got right. Yeah, that's right. As I said, uh, you don't, it's the, the, the direct ones to the chin that knock the guys out. It's, they just can't do it. Like the, the players the, the probably got a, been a bit lucky over the last year. I think they got five weeks, five weeks, and three weeks, and three guys that sent off. Um, it's just probably the couple of the lower end sin bin ones are probably the ones where you could you could make a little bit of a case. But, but yeah, 
for, I don't, the send off sort of gone out of the game for the last 10 years, and it's, it's, I don't mind seeing it back, but whether they look again, whether they look at being able to replace a player after 20 minutes or, or a rule of something like that, um, just as you say, you don't want to see players, you don't want to see teams having to play with 12 players against 13, against, especially against some of those Penriths, the Melbournes, um, even Parramatta. You play those sides with 12 players, you're going to end on the wrong side of the scoreboard really quickly. You are the ladder from 16th up. So we've got the Bulldogs on two, then the Broncos and the Sharkies on four. The West Tigers doing a bit of climbing with a couple of uh, two wins in their last five on six. The Cowboys, the Knights, the Warriors and the Titans and the Raiders. And the Raiders are in the eight with a differential of minus 34. Manly and St. George are on 10 points. And there's a bit of a buffer now to the Roosters who are on 14. The Rabbitohs are on 16 along with Melbourne. Um, the Roosters have a differential of 137 plus. The Rabbitohs plus 71. Melbourne plus 210. Parramatta alone in second place with a differential of 152. And Penrith, 10 from 10, 236 is their differential. So that's the ladder as we stand right now. The draw this weekend, Thursday night football. I'm assuming the Newcastle Knights may have stayed up in Queensland. The Cowboys hosting Newcastle at uh, Queensland Countryback Stadium. That's Thursday night footy. Friday night, the early game around the corner from us. The Warriors hosting the Tigers at Central Coast Stadium in Gosford. The uh, Channel 9 game on Friday night is the Southern Derby. The Sharks playing the Dragons. That, that's a home game for the Sharkies, but of course being played at Cogger Jubilee. On Saturday, up to Seabus Stadium at, at the Gold Coast, the Titans hosting the Bulldogs, and the Titans really need to win. The Roosters host the Broncos at the City Cricket Ground in the, in the Twilight game. In the night game, this is a big game usually for Melbourne. They find it difficult. And fancy playing, being, drawing the short straw of playing Canberra in Canberra at half past seven on the 22nd of May. There'll be minus one. The Raiders hosting the Storm. Then what a game this is for Dubbo. And I do want to talk about this. Apex Oval and Dubbo, the Rabbits and the Panthers. How lucky are they with the draw? What a game that'll be. And the afternoon game, and this will get um, Jimmy Jimmy going very very rapidly. Is Parramatta and Manly, the old the old rivals and traditional rivals at Bankwest Stadium on Channel Nine. Jimmy, back to the first game, the Cowboys and Knights. Neither of them have been really impressive. Um, the only reason I'm picking the Cowboys is because they're at home. Other than that, uh, their their form lines aren't great. Yeah, a couple of losses in Magic Round to those sides. Um... The Knights played the um, the first game of the um, of Magic Round, the early game on the Friday, and they were they were horrendous. I think Luke Brooks scored that try just straight through the middle. Um, it was ten or twelve nil before the Knights even sort of got near the football, and they just they didn't look interested at all. And I sort of like Dave Bradley was up there, and <laughs> doesn't like them getting beat the best of times. Let alone the first game of the eight games that he saw. I'm not sure how, how much fun the rest of the seven games were after his team got. Got polaxed um, by the Tigers, um, and then the Cowboys had a loss to the Roosters. I think Bradman best bet after the Knights just just really yes. under the pump over more. I think the Cowboys win, but it's it wouldn't surprise the Knights can on their on their day do pretty well. But up, surely up there, the Cowboys get over the line. Adam O'Brien, Adam O'Brien, if he pulled his hair out um, with what he forked into, I think that's. probably in a bit more trouble than what he would have thought. I would suggest to you that there'll be a lot of pressure on him right now, and it will build and build. Um, Yes, I now know what my avatar is going to be for this week's publishing on on Spotify. It'll be be that great photo of you, Bernard Radley, at Brookvale with Radley looking rather forlorn. 
Friday night football, the early game, 6 o'clock, as I said, at Central Coast Stadium at Gosford, the Central Coast New Zealand Warriors hosting the West Tigers. The Tigers have been okay in recent weeks, starting to show a little bit of form, which is good because they have been poor. A little bit of pressure off Mick Maguire, you would think. I still think with the Warriors being at their home away from home here on the Central Coast, I think they're favourites to win. I think they'll win by 6-8. to eight. Yeah, it's a toss of the coin, that one. I was just, I was just having a look earlier on. Jeez, it's... It's, it's probably one of the closest ones. The, the round is well, it's not match of the round, but it's it's one of the closest games of the round. Um, Josh Curran been ruled out for the Warriors for a couple of weeks. He's been really good. He's come in for the last three or four weeks. Um, in the back row, he's been playing really well. The Tigers, unbelievably unchanged, which I reckon is the first time that's happened in a very long time. Um, it's just it's hard to trust the Tigers. They, they've turned in one of those performances last week, like they did against the Knights, and then other games where they've just have not turned up and been absolutely flogged. So... North Luma, I think. Dave North Luma plays 150th NRL game as well. Um, and I so said they're coming off a win, but uh, I was sort of a little bit with you. I think the Warriors, but it's it's a toss of the coin. I wouldn't 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 put it past the Tigers to, to win that as well. The next game, I can't believe the sports bet line on this game. I reckon it's a misprint. The Sharks are at a dollar forty-two against the Dragons, two dollars ninety. This game is at Cog Jubilee. The Sharks are an absolute shambles on and off the park at the moment. They've punted John Morris. They are playing like they want to finish the season now and go on a mad trip to Las Vegas, um, or the closest thing to it at the moment, which is probably surface paradise. Um, look, I can't see the Dragons losing. I know they've, I know they've had a few injuries and they've had a send off, but the Dragons are going to beat the Sharks. I don't care what happened. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to go against it there, as I, 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 there's four blokes suspended and, and Matt Dufty's out injured as well. There's five, five of their starting thirteen. Um, that's a that's a massive. I think that's and I think that's where the odds are at. The odds they're probably still over, mind you. I, still, I think that's why the gap's there. It's the four four suspension um, guys, one send off, and a couple from the Simbin last week. And Matt Dufty, I think, is huge. He, he's, look at all the other clubs, the fullbacks and sort of their, their key players. Yep. Turbo and, and Teddy and those sort of guys. Dufty's the same thing with St George. Chuvasa Sheck. Um, Roger, that's right. Um, it, yes, it's. I think it's a closer game than what those odds think. I, I, I actually do think the Sharks can win that. Um, even okay. though it's their home game at St George's home ground, but um, I'm, I'm going I'm to back the Sharks, but only just. Righto, no problems. You and I don't often disagree, which is which is quite unusual. We, we normally go along the same lines. Um, the, the, of all the places in Australia, you probably want to be playing rugby league this weekend in the cooler weather. Playing at uh, Rabina at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon would probably be very pleasant. The Gold Coast hosting the Bulldogs. That's at Seabar Stadium at, at the Gold Coast. It's as simple as this. The Titans have to win if they're going to have any credibility. The Bulldogs are ordinary. Uh, Will Hopewadi's had a very emotional week. Uh, if you judge by what's been in the news today. Um, Bulldogs have been having putting in some decent efforts of late, but they're still a, a big, long way away from being right. The Gold Coast for mine. Yes, yes, and Peachy suspended. But um, the, this is one thing the Titans are probably going to do is tighten up their defence. Probably playing the Bulldogs is probably the best um, best team to play to tighten it up because they don't throw much at you in attack. But 188 points conceded in the last five games to Titans. It's um, they really need to sort that out. Um, Red before Canterbury's lost seven in a row in Queensland as well. Um, lost, probably lost more games in Sydney as well as that, but seven in a row in Queensland. The Dogs have got a, a debutant in the centres. I can't even pronounce his name. Shoop, I think his name, his, his surname is, but yeah, the Titans certainly at home. They, they can't be losing games at home. Three o'clock Saturday Arbor, perfect time slot. Um, they're against the Dogs. The Dogs will throw up a, a good performance here or there, but, but yeah, the Titans combine as well pretty comfortably. Agreed. 
The Roosters will beat the Broncos. I don't think anybody's going to doubt that. The Roosters have been reasonable of late. I still have my doubts that the, when the Roosters play the top four sides, they get shown up a bit because of um, they've got a lot of blokes out and they're, they're not just quite as good as those other sides. But they will make the eighth this year. But they'll beat the Broncos comfortably. The Broncos are a mess. Well, the SCG, it's not a bit of cricket, I think, by, by the second half. Brisbane were horrendous last week. Um, but uh, they, they went down to 11 players for a little while against Manly, but it was 26-6, I think, before they actually had to play a sin bid. So, so they're on their way, as it was. And the Roosters, unchanged. All the injuries they've had this year, Robinson will be, Trent Robinson will be pretty happy to, to name unchanged. Teddy turned one on last week as well. He scored eight in his last seven at the SCG. I think he scores again. Um, Milford's been dropped. Corey Oates. I think has been dropped as well. They dropped her injured. I'm not sure if he's injured, but I think he's been dropped as well. Um, I think it's Alvin Kelly comes in for Brisbane for Milford, which he hasn't played in the NRL for about seven or eight years. About the 48th different halves combination in the last few years. Um, you, you just shake your head. You just shake. Yeah, no, uh, and Adam Reynolds has clearly gone up there for a huge amount of money. That's the only reason he would go. He's he and his he's got four, he and his wife have four young children. They have an expensive place in the inner suburbs of Sydney. And he's gone up there for really good money because that's the only reason right now you'd go. I just don't, just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And yes, just quickly, oh, we didn't spend much time on it, but Manly are putting sides who are average right away at the moment. We're going to talk about them against Parramatta in a minute. So they have been, they are a completely different football side than they were in the first couple of weeks of the season. It's amazing how much a bit of confidence and a world-class fullback makes. And we'll, as I said, we'll speak about them in a minute. How would the people of Dubbo be feeling? They get first v fourth, two o'clock Sunday afternoon at the magnificent Apex Oval in Dubbo. First place Penrith against the Rabbitohs with Latrell back. What a game! And there will be a huge amount of people. It's built on, on the side of an old tip there in Dubbo. It's sort of a bit of an amphitheater. They've dug it out of the ground, big grass hills around it. It's a great place to watch football. And um, and there's a very large indigenous population in in Dubbo, so I would suggest to you that the Rabbitohs will be have a lot of support up there. In fact, I'm sure of it. What a game this promises to be, Jimmy. How do you see it being played out? That's huge. We'll come back to the late game on Saturday. Reds skipped over that. We'll come. Back oh, to that we'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, I got excited about Apex Able. We'll come <laughs> back yeah, to we'll Canberra and Melbourne. Up. No, that's fine. No, my bad. When when they scheduled the the, the country games, so yeah, most of the clubs take one game out of the country. I don't think they're quite expecting. A first versus fourth game is probably the best, the best um, country yep. game that there's been in a long time. Um, South and South on their day are a top two or three side because I know they're, they're fourth now, but at full strength, South potentially challenge Penrith. Um, challenge with Penrith number ten from ten from Penrith, unbelievable. Latrell Mitchell's back for South. He's been, the, the long overdue. He's been out four weeks through his indiscretions. He'll add he'll add a fair bit to them. I think it allows Cody Walker to go back to five eight. Cody Walker's Done an okay job at fullback. But yes, he has. Um, but yeah, Latrell back there puts Cody Walker back to back to six and allows Benji to come on at fourteen again and and just do he do what he can back in the halves. But Penrith, Penrith are in unbelievable form. Capewell comes back in. He had a week off last week. Charlie Staines has been scoring tries on the back of the um, on the back of that that back line is just incredible. Nathan Cleary and Louis Nathan Cleary set the Super Coach record last week of two hundred and twenty odd points. Um, He's probably, he's probably the number one halfback in the game at the most. He's gone past DCE for the for the Australian spot, I think. Um, yeah, I think Penrith win. Um, but but South, I think with Latrell back, South will certainly give him a good run. But I think Penrith will run away. No, not run away, but they'll, they'll win. 
They'll win by eight, ten points, eight, ten, twelve points, I think, be close to the game. But and Penrith probably want that. They've had a few blowout scores. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice for them to get get some hard footy. Ten and row that every win they have, I guess they're getting closer to their first loss. But but yeah, I'm not sure it'll be this week. It'll be a surprise whenever it does happen. But I think it, it might be a bad thing for them generally. But but I think they go eleven from eleven this week. Jimmy, I, I'm a very avid watcher of the things that are posted on Facebook. I don't post much myself because sometimes you get there's a lot of trolls, but I do have to take great notice of what you post on Facebook about rugby league. You made a point recently when someone named a side and they didn't name Latrell Mitchell as one of the better centres in the game. Do you think Latrell Mitchell will be in the running for the State of Origin 17 or are there others in front of him right now, given that he's been out of the game? But assuming he's fully fit, would you have him in your 17, Jimmy, right now? Oh, yeah. Match Fitness, he's got two more, I think, two more club games before they pick the side. So I'd have him in the centres. He's a world-class centre. I know he can. Obviously, the thing New South Wales have got, they've got to try and fit all those full-backs in. Yes. They've got probably five or six full-backs that they can probably fit three or four of them in. But, um, yeah, I think him and, and there's probably Trevojevic, the two players that are playing full-back, I think they both fill the centre spots. It means Jack White and, and Gutherson are the incumbents. They're probably... Probably the unlucky one. Oh, for my side, they're probably the unlucky ones. Tedesco's obviously got a lock at fullback. Teddy, if, if it's one knock on Teddy, I guess it's that he, he's limited to playing one position, whereas these other fullbacks can play two or three positions, um, yep. which is fine, which is great for New South Wales. Um, yeah, the troll certainly, the troll running wide in the centres, I think, I think it'd be fantastic. Coming back to his, he knows how to play it. I know he's plays fullback now, but he, he obviously is a natural centre as well. So I don't think he'd have any problems, as we saw with Turbo two years ago when he um, when he tore it up a bit when New South Wales won the series. That was in Perth, I think, that the two of them went berserk. Um, thank you for that. Back to the Saturday night game because Red has got a bit excited about going going up to Western New South Wales. I don't spend a lot of time not in Dubbo and just down the road in Orange. I think I'd rather be in Dubbo at two o'clock than Orange at two o'clock to be frank with you. Saturday night game here, and for, talk about cold, the Raiders hosting the Storm. The Raiders have an excellent record against the Storm over the last three or four years. They've knocked them, you know, they've beaten them quite a few times and beaten them in Melbourne, but not the way the Raiders are playing at the moment. They've got their own issues at the moment themselves. Papali is now suspended, and Melbourne are a phenomenal football side, and if they sniff weakness, they're absolutely ruthless. Melbourne for mine by 12-plus. Yeah, definitely Melbourne. I think the Canberra's record against Melbourne is pretty good down there, but it's actually Melbourne's actually got a good overall record in Canberra. They're actually well ahead on the on the ledger, but White, Papali, and um, and Hodgson suspended. That's you. The Raiders are probably limited for for experienced guys with a few injuries they've had, and for the three three of their most experienced guys to go out, it, it really stretches them. Um, Hodgson, they can probably cover with with. Um, with the hooker they've got in there, but Whiten's a massive one, and, and Papali's been on and off. He's been in and out this year. He's, you know, I know he got arrested a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think he's got some. I think he's struggling a bit between the years, and I'm not. I'm not being nasty. There's clear. He, he he's tired. I think more than anything. Well, I don't know the pace of the game. Obviously, he's picked up with the new rules. Whether that's does it hasn't quite suited him or not. I'm not too sure. Because when he's when he's going well, he's, he kills it. He's unbelievable. But the yeah, Jack White, obviously, they're um, probably their best player uh, misses as well. But Pappenhausen goes out. For the, for the storm, and in comes Nico Hines, who just dominated last week when, when he came on for Pappy when he got knocked out. But yeah, has dominated the games that he's played. He's it's a, it's a ready-made replacement. Obviously, he's going to have clubs after him. And he, the Broncos are ready to table something to him. But um, he, he's probably a starting fullback in most other clubs, apart from obviously the ones with like the, the Guthersons and, and Tedesco's and whatnot. But there's plenty of clubs that love Nico Hines at, at number one for him. 
Oh, Heinz is such a big rooster that I reckon <laughs> I reckon that you'd have him lining up at Adelaide Street at centre half forward. He's that sort of a build. No, dead set. He's a big unit, a big strapping man, and I can see him playing down the spine in an Australian rules team as well. Actually, so yeah, for Storm will win that comfortably. Now the big one. Let's get let's go straight to Jimmy. I know this game has so much history, and Jimmy's a loves the game and loves its history. Jimmy, over to you. Parramatta or Manly, Channel 9 game, doesn't get any bigger. Four o'clock on Sunday at Bankwest. Over to you, sir. Yeah, channel, channel 9 will certainly not that many people watch Channel 9 with Gus Gould commentating. Channel 9 will be pretty happy to have jagged that South and Penrith. Who would have thought that would be the curtain raiser? Hey, hang on yeah, a second. Can I just intercept? Can, can I just intercept there? Are, are, are you saying that people turn off Channel 9 because of Gould? Well, I think they do, yeah, especially with every game, considering every game is, is on Foxtel as well. So there's obviously simulcast on, on both channels. I, I reckon there's a lot of people I, I can't stand with. Very smart man and knows a lot about football, but yeah. when I'm not, <laughs> just, just his commentary on me, not, I'm not, I'm certainly not a fan. I know that there's others that okay. that aren't, aren't, aren't big on him, but um, and, and Foxtel's got their own issues with a couple of guys as well. I think overall, Foxtel, the Fox footy team have, have certainly got the better commentary team, I think, overall. And, um, and just turn guys. Okay, thank you. No, I, I, it's a it's a good point you make, and I thought I'd pick up. But I I love the way that Gould and Sterling and a couple of these others analyse the game, and I can listen to John's talk about uh, positional stuff and things like that. But yeah, I suppose Gould is one of those people that polar polarises people. And he's a very he's a very cerebral man, and. Um, but yeah, I suppose he polarised, and I think of the fact that where Penrith are at at the moment, it's got a lot to do with his work in that whole area. Back to you, um, either on Foxtel or KO or Channel Nine. There you are, Parramatta and <laughs> Parramatta and um, Manly. How okay? How's the game going to go? And where, if Manly win, how do they go about doing it? Well, they've just got to play the same. They've got to play the same way. The forwards, what the forwards have actually, it's the unheralded forwards have done a pretty good job. The, um, Ola, I'm trying to pronounce his name, Ola Kalatsu, I think his name is pronounced right in the second row, and, and Schuster. They've sort of got him going. And Marty, they've actually brought Marty to power and off the He's been named to start every week. He comes off the bench after 20 minutes. He's had a fair bit of impact. He ball plays. ball play, I think it was Sean Kepi through a hole last week, just going to the post. Um, and just once the forwards go forward, that's, that's when DCE and. Um, Yep. And Turbo can get going. The pace of Jason Saab out on the wing is just open with, with Turbo going like Turbo does. It's just open up. He, he gets the foot of space and he's, he's away down the side. He's big long legs on him. Um, like, similar to Josh Adokar at, at the Storm. Um, I think Trevojevic has certainly hurt. Saab was about to be dropped when Trevojevic was out. Turbo comes back and Saab scored a heap of trees, up to third in the try score on tally already. Um, Parramatta, they obviously a different side to what Manly been playing the last few weeks. They're, Another they're, level. Their second spot for, for a reason. They're a good side. Um, the second best side comes from 1947, mind you. We're eight premierships to four for um, Justin Daly and the Para fans out there. So I knew you wouldn't miss uh, Juice. G'day, Juice, if you're listening, great man. And yep, my daddy who grew up on the Northern Beaches uh, was always very fond of the fact that uh, the two sides started on the same date and Manly's won double the amount of premierships. And it will add the uh, thirteen wooden spurs to nil that uh, that Manly have won as well. Registered. We, we won't go there. We won't. We won't. We won't put the Parramatta fans down too much because they've got a pretty good side at the moment. So. 
They're very consistent. Uh, and look, I I think that like they're a dollar thirty nine. The Eels mainly at three dollars. I will be making a point of watching this. I'm really enjoying watching some Sunday afternoon football um, at the moment. Uh, more a lot more than anything, just to, so I'm keeping up to it, to, so I can come and talk to you about in our podcast because um, I, I really enjoy talking to you about football. And I think the people that that are listening to us, um, you know, lo- love listening to you talk about football. So I think it'll be a great game. I think Parramatta are favourites, but I'd, um, I'd just like to see Cherry Evans getting an opportunity with a forward pack going forward because he's lethal. And every time he's been successful at representative level, he's had a forward pack that's either got parity or been going forward. And he's a dangerous player. He's a world-class footballer. But I think the Eels for mine by six to eight would be the line. But I think that it should be a cracking game. Yeah, I'm One would be Max, and one of the other would be Fatty. Uh, Fatty, that'd be it. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So it's both, but and mind you, but both of those players were long-term internationals from the Manly Warringah Football Club, and in fact, I think Max Krilich is a Manly junior. Fatty's not, but I think Max is. He did on the eighty on the Invincibles eighty eighty two tour on the Invincibles. I've got the video of that. It's a pretty decent side. Just quality. If you ever go and watch a video, just before we go home to speak about the origin dates, we didn't get a chance last week um, due to both of us having other commitments. I was watching when Josh Adokar put four tries on, and the poor dog at my house. I swore after the last one because I saw he scored four tries in a, in a half. Scoring six is utterly ridiculous. It was just a clinic. Jimmy, it was unbelievable to watch. He is yeah, lethal. He's a freak. He he's is. an absolute freak. Yeah, he's a, a yard, of, yard of space and he, um, he gets into it. But he's got a bit of power as well. When they actually try and tackle him, he's, he can drive those big legs. But yeah, six tries in a match. I think it happened 1950-something, I think, was the last time it happened. And obviously, you've seen, I think you've seen, I think it was Bunganar scored five. And then um, Alex Johnson last year against your Chooks, but... Six tries. Thanks, thanks for reminding me about that. Um, Alan <laughs> Mack... Back at, um, up with three tries last week, so he's got nine in two weeks. Just, we, just incredible. When you were a young bloke, Alan McIndoe from the Illawarra Steelers also I scored yeah. five tries in a game. I remember Nigel Vunganar because after his 50, he put his fingers up, one, two, three, four, five. I think that might have been at the SCG when he was, I think, playing for Canterbury. And yeah. Canterbury or South, one of the two. Uh, he had a couple of clubs, Vunganar. He was, there was another world-class player, Nigel Vunganar. The State of Origin series, which I'll speak about briefly before we go to the highlight of the whole week, which is Jimmy's multi of the week. State of Origin series kicks off at the magnificent Melbourne Cricket Ground. Goodness me. Well, hopefully there'll be about 50,000, I would think, Wednesday the 9th of June. 
Then um, Lang Park on Sunday, the 27th of June, and the entire um, uh, competition gets a week off that week. So it's a Sunday game at Lang Park. And Stadium Australia hosts the third game. On a pretty important game for French people, Bastille Day, July 14. So that's the origin. We're looking forward to talking about that. And Jim will have a podcast just for origin uh, when we get Jimmy to go through the sides for us one by one. Jimmy, multi of the week, my friend. Away you go. We'll try and have a crack. I actually got a nice little multi up for the Punters Club on the weekend, but involved a few other sports. It was, um, oh, you yeah, got one up, did you? Ah. Oh. 16 legs, Red. It was um, a head-to-head multi with 16 legs, and somehow I managed to get up. Normally, you lose one or two of the short legs there, but yeah, the AFL NRL Super Rugby multi last week. So. Did you choose the Reds over the Brumbies? Or... Uh, no, I'll, I'll pick every New Zealand side in the rugby, mate. <laughs> every New Zealand side won, which is good. Despite <laughs> the Waratahs putting 48 on the Hurricanes, I've, I've never seen a school like that. Utterly yes. ridiculous. It was Buddy, it was Oz Tag. So, yeah, I was watching the, the live scores on that. Yeah, it was, it was quite amazing. But yeah, so Jimmy's, was, yeah, Jimmy's NRL multi of the week, and you've had a punters club win well done. That, that, that boys at Adelaide Street would have been cheering you on. Yeah, no, boys from here, yeah. No, just, just the local boys here. Oh, local, okay, right, uh, okay. Yeah, Dave Radley and, and a few of the other guys. So, yeah. G'day, Dave, if you're listening, my friend. Uh, yeah, so this week I'm just going to have a crack at some try scorers. I think there's a few guys with some good records at the grounds and in the games they're playing in. So, Tedesco. Yep. Uh, Ken Mamolo from the Warriors. Yep. Um, he scored six of his last six at the stadium. Um, Turbo, we'll just throw Turbo in because he, just while he's in the form he's in. And uh, Charlie Staines scored five in his last two. Okay, that's Jim. And what? How, what? What's the? What's the odds? Eight dollars. Eleven dollars eight cents from Ladbrokes. Eleven. So Eleven dollars and eight. Eleven dollars on Ladbrokes on that one. So yeah, Tedesco, Mamolo, Marmolo, however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Trebovic and Charlie. Stone. I was going to ask which Trebovic. So that's Jimmy's multi of the week, and of course, bet with your head and not over it. Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. Um, look forward to catching with you next week. It's an enthralling round, and that that manly paramount. Look, Sunday's football is fantastic. Penrith and Souths at eight, the magnificent Apex Oval and Dubbo. I'll add all of our friend, my friends up there. I've got a lot of them up there. And then following on from that at the sensational Bankwest Stadium is Parramatta and Manly, the old rival. Should be a great weekend. Jimmy, thanks so much for your time, my friend. Not a problem, Redders. We'll uh, catch up next week. Look forward to it. On behalf of Jimmy Newburn, this has been David Redden. Goodbye from him and goodbye from me. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.